Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And we're here with you for the next hour talking about all the things that have really jumped our interest this week. So we'll be looking at Rob Kardashian and his Twitter meltdown. Uh, we're also going to be talking about ASOS and photoshopping. Should they be doing it? What do you think? Plus, we've got the fabulous Jun Sapong joining us, and we're going to be answering all your problems in our badass balls up. But we're starting off, as we always do, with a news review, the stuff that's really got our goat this week or made us think. And I love our first story because it's just joyous and happiness and it is literally rainbows. Emma, tell us what it is. Yeah, so Pride is this weekend, which is very exciting. But the reason I wanted to talk about it on the show this week is I feel like this is for the first time ever. It's like massively on my radar in a really positive way. I'm seeing it everywhere. There's been the tube signs. There's lots of big ad campaigns. Brands seem to be on board in a way that they had never have been before. And it just feels like this really mainstream, lovely celebration. And I don't know. Yeah, I just wanted to see what if you felt the same about Pride being a bigger thing this year or whether that was just me kind of. So I've definitely noticed it. I've noticed it in the tube stations with the rainbow colours up the escalators and I've seen the adverts for it. And it has felt really to me being in London for this weekend, for Pride weekend, has felt like there's just so much energy and joy and enthusiasm around the whole parade. And I've sort of felt that in years before around the parade itself and through my gay friends and what they're doing. But this week, I was just really like, I just feel like it's everywhere. But then I did stop and think, have we commercialised something that actually shouldn't be commercialised? I don't know. Now, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm always in the in the frame <laughs> of mind that as soon as uh, brands recognise that there's merriment going on somewhere and merriment at volume that they find a way to, to chuck money and commercialise it and um, I was reading some of the articles this week in terms of a backlash so the Pride in London organisers actually had a bit of a brain fart and they produced a whole series of posters that weren't actually speaking to the LGBTQ community they were speaking to straight people I'm doing quotes straight people and one of the posters actually says um being homophobic is so gay and rightly so uh, members of the gay community came out and said actually you know using the term gay as a slur even though you're playing with the terminology that's just stupid it's a dumb thing to do and if you think that's how you get more people to buy into coming along to the festival then we want no part of this and I think this is always the challenge when you try to make something mainstream in mainstream messaging you mess up 
don't always try and appeal to the mainstream. Focus on the people that you created the actual event for. And also it's probably a sign of not enough diversity in the room of the marketing or ad agency that came up with that campaign that happens all the time. But I'm, I know there's always loads of controversy about brands getting on board, but I feel it's really important that they do because brands and advertising, whether we like it or not, they do change culture, they change perception. And if these brands get on board and make it a, just a really mainstream, you know, 10 years ago, brands would not have got involved in pride in the way that they are now because they'd be a bit nervous about what the church might say all of that and I I just love how there feels like there's two is dichotomy the right word where we've got lots of people in power you know here and in the states kind of trying to take us all backwards a thousand years but yet as a community as individuals we're not really letting that happen and it's all like rising up so what we're getting on the media versus what's going on in our day-to-day is a contradiction and I'm all for that. I love that contradiction too and I really love the kind of the grassroots activism that is pride but I think you're right now which is we've taken it to the point where actually we're using pride a to talk to straight people and b that we're forgetting that it comes from a place Mm. of actually anger and violence and oppression it comes from a place where people did this in defiance of what was safe and secure and actually risking their own safety in their own lives and i think there needs to be in when we talk about pride when we talk about actually all of these kind of um i guess festivals that have been created to celebrate maybe a kind of niche area of our culture then we need to talk about them with the history in place Mm -hmm. so we understand the history of it as well the same it's the same with the notting hill carnival and 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 uh, and others and i i think ultimately it comes down to the people that created the festival to hold everyone else to account Uh, because if you're on the outside and it wasn't necessarily created for you and again i'm doing created with with you know quoted fingers here um, you don't know what you don't know and we had this conversation um, at our event uh, this week you, you just don't know what you don't know so I would expect that um, people that are going to Pride that have been celebrating it for years hold brands to account if you if you think people are and I, I want to use the term bastardizing if you think people are taking your your the thing you've created and turning it into something that doesn't pay homage or, 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 or show um, respect to the heritage call them out Great idea. Call them out. Um, So our second story this week is going in a completely different, fairly strange direction. Um, It's been all over the papers. It has been all over social media. In fact, that's where it started. Now, what has grabbed your attention? So just to give some context here, I was minding my own business this week, (laughs) getting on a train, and I saw Rob Kardashian trending on Twitter. Now, some of you will or won't know, Rob Kardashian is the younger brother of the Kardashian sisters. So Kim, Courtney, Chloe. Uh, he has been in a relationship with a woman called Black China, who is the ex-girlfriend of someone, another one of the sisters is dating. Anyway, they have a heated relationship. They have a child together called Dream. The baby is maybe four months old they have a tv show in the u.s called rob and china so i looked into what this trending situation was all about and rob in and i was watching this happen in real time started posting messages talking about the fact that he had paid for china's new boobs and he'd paid for cars and she'd been sleeping with lots of different men and then he posted naked photos of her body that she had sent to him including her boobs and her vagina and so so in the moment of it you think oh my god this is some crazy u.s housewivesy kardashian car crash thing that you can't stop looking at and then i thought if this had happened to my friend and a boyfriend you know a partner or anyone had said or post you know created this narrative about how horrible they were and they had a child together and then posted their vagina or vice versa, their penis, I would, I would, I would be calling and being like, this person needs help and I would consider prosecuting. 
Well, it, it's it's prosecutable. It's revenge porn that is now actually illegal. It's illegal to do that. And I think the thing that really just horrified me when I saw this was I thought, you have no concept of this woman as a person. Mm. So he was talking about her in terms of the things he'd bought her as though him spending money on her somehow guaranteed him some right to her affection. I I mean, I don't know what goes on in their relationship. That's between them. But that in itself is really dehumanising. Yeah. And then to actually take pictures that people have sent you is not just actually scary for her. It's scary for women everywhere. Yeah. So what this behaviour does is it's designed to shut women up and make sure we stay quiet and we don't do anything offensive because you guys have some hold over us. And it infuriates me. See, I, oh, I didn't take it like that. I definitely, I mean, obviously it's out of order. And it was it was quite funny, that mentality of, well, if I spend 250 grand on you, then surely you must be, you must stay in love with me and not, not cheat on me, um, which is, yeah, a mindset that I can't get my head around. Um, but equally, you know, I, I'd, what I saw is just basically somebody who's like, he's really heartbroken and he's really emotional about it. And he's got absolutely no emotional intelligence. And he's just done what I'm sure all of us have wanted to do when we are like angry and really really heartbroken and really sad and that's just to try and hurt that person the trouble is we have social media now so all these things that he's done to obviously really hurt her because he's hurting mm. and he's just really sad and it's like that's a really tricky thing with social media now with those like those spur of the moments like rage of anger yeah. and you've now got this public outlet rather than you just seething in your house at home you can actually post this stuff online and it just oh it's um so i'm, yeah, I'm going to be a walking contradiction now and just add in two, two more points there's another side of me that thought chris jenner has created this whole thing because no one's particularly interested in the kardashians right now and every time we you know it goes quiet something else happens whether it's lamar odom which was chloe um, ex-husband taking an overdose or, or Caitlyn or, or anything else um, so there's that but equally uh, I was laughing at a meme my friend posted about you know, if you had a whole load of sisters and some chick was you know, doing this to your brother you'd be taking your earrings off and you'd be at her front door and I know for a fact if there was a girl well not now I'm a professional back in the day if there was a girl that was doing this to my brother I'd be outside her hang front on door. they should be at their brother <laughs> <laughs> I agree Emma These take, that should be what stops this happening sisterhood hello <laughs> where is Kim holding back Rob right now that's what I want to know <laughs> Uh, so our final story this week is ASOS. So the uh, fashion retailer has come in for lots of kind of praise this week because it's actually done something very quietly that a few people noticed and started calling out on Twitter. So if you look at its bikini and swimsuit models, you will see that they are sporting stretch marks. So rather than the traditional approach to bikini modelling, which is to airbrush out those stretch marks, ASOS have just left them in. They've said that's part of a woman's body. It should just be there. And they got a lot of praise for it. And I really want to praise them because, you know, I don't like the idea that we're photoshopping out parts, natural parts of a woman's body. Mm. But they still have a load of people on their payroll that are paid to photoshop those models to make them look as good as they possibly can. Is this really enough? Is this really progress? Yes, it is absolutely as progress because the thing is, we are bombarded by images all the time. On Instagram, everything's so well crafted and well taken with filters and then everything that we see in kind of fashion or billboards has all been retouched. We don't, when we see something, somebody looking normal, we're absolutely horrified. So ASOS, you think <laughs> the amount of people who look at ASOS, right? This stuff infiltrates your brain, whether you like it. It changes your eye, whether you like it or not. It's all subliminal. So if you're scrolling through ASOS and you are seeing women who have not been retouched and you start to see just normal bodies, you're going to be a lot more accepting of normal people and ultimately your own body. Do you think that's right, though, now? Can, can one fashion retailer really have that amount of power? Because I... I'm still like, come on, they're all still 12 and they're still a size 6. They're not 12 and a size 6. Uh, this is where I'm going to defend ASOS. I personally, I, I, sh I shop on their, on their website. I, I see women that look like me. I see women of all shapes and sizes. I love the fact they're leaving stretch marks, stretch marks in because we all have them. I have lots of them. I can't airbrush them out. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. It's not, it's not far enough. We should just be leaving people exactly how they look because that's what the clothes look like when they end up on our bodies anyway. So it's a true reflection of the reality. Yeah, great point. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think that they are doing the right thing? Do you think models should be beautiful? Is that what they're there for? Or have they not gone far enough? Um, also, 
ASOS or ASOS? Which one are you? ASOS. <laughs> I'm an ASOS too. But, you know, tell us which one are you and what do you think? Is photoshopping, is it useful? Does it help? Are those models actually changing how you see clothes? Um, coming up in our next section, we have got the fabulous June Sopong here. Juicy June! We're so, we're so excited. It's basically our girl crush. We're going to be talking to her probably about T4 because we can't not. We're going to be talking about being the face of youth TV. We're also going to be talking about her new book and what she's up to now. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week we are super excited because we are joined by the amazing June Sapong. Welcome! Woo! <laughs> I'll give you your 50 quid later. <laughs> Thanks, June. Bargain. Uh, uh, so we're very excited, June, because we are just massive fans of you and have been basically for your whole career. Wow. Um, but we know that right now you're writing a book. Tell I us am. About that. Yes, yes. Uh, it's called Diversify. It does what it says on the tin. Um, <laughs> and it looks at the uh, social, um, moral, and economic benefits of diversity. And what are they? <laughs> They're really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I haven't got it in front of me. <laughs> Well, uh, moral the moral argument, I think we all know yeah. in that, you know, it's, it's sort of inherently unhuman to distance yourself from the other. But yet we've been all conditioned to do that, yeah. you know, which is why what you guys are doing here is so amazing because this is the future, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. People coming together, different backgrounds, bringing different people to have conversations. Um, so that's the moral. Uh, economic, it's, and Emma, you will understand this, it's just about business. You know, it is good for business. It's good for the economy. It's good for the bottom line. So, you know, it's not altruistic. It's just smart business to have um, everybody who can contribute, contribute to the best of their ability. Um, And then social. I just think it's more fun. (laughs) It is more fun. It is. (laughs) Who only wants to be with people that just remind you of you? I'm like, I'm not that interesting. You know, everything else. So, yeah. (laughs) So that's it. Um, How did you come to write this? Because everyone's going to know you from your TV presenting yeah. work. So this is a bit of a departure. Oh, Where did it come no. from? Well, I'm 40 now. <laughs> so, yeah. The best of well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll let these two youngsters go. <laughs> yeah. you got to wait to go, ladies. <laughs> it's a good decade. High five. High five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think these are you know these are crazy mad times that we're living in, um, and I think that unfortunately, when you look at what's going on, whether it be Brexit, Trump, anything, we no longer have the luxury of ignorance anymore. Mm-hmm. We kind of have to start dealing with these issues, and these issues aren't necessarily created by us they were inherited from our parents and the previous generations, and I think our generation and the ones coming after us can do better. Yeah, mm, I yeah, think yeah. so too. Yeah. See, I'd like to take it back now, June. Oh, gosh. <laughs> How far back? So, what, so, can I call you Juicy June? Uh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's taking it yeah. back. Um, I think I was 16 so, then. So, My God. Oh, yeah. So, I want, I want to talk about being the face of youth television. Yeah. Because I. I spent a lot of my life watching you and from, you know, Richard Blackwood all, yeah. all the way through. And I even called into the show did once. Really? I did. Amazing. I did. Um, and I used to envy all the people that could stand outside the and look window, into the studio. The yeah, yeah. I, so tell us about that stage of, of your career and, yeah. and, you know, what was the trajectory? Because you left to go to the US yeah. at, at another point. So from then to, to the US, Tell us, tell yeah. us more. I want to know everything. Yeah. To go way back. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fun time. So I started uh, in radio. So if we're talking juicy June. We're going really <laughs> yeah, far yeah, back. Yeah. We're talking when I was sixteen. So I started in radio at Kiss FM, yeah. and I was Juicy June, and I would do the gossip uh, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. I got to read sort of gossip mags, and then be paid for just like talking about what was in Heat magazine. It was great. <laughs> Um, so started with that, then MTV, 
Uh, with Richard Blackwood yeah. on Select. Um, and again, that was a really fun time because MTV had just launched in the UK and Ireland and um, we were just having fun, you know. It wasn't serious. Everybody came on the show, every yeah. big pop star you can imagine. Um, and we started doing all these amazing road shows and we would be just allowed to be ourselves. Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest blessings for me, starting somewhere like MTV, where it was okay to be me and not have to pretend to be somebody else and I think that's what helped me through throughout the rest of my career so those are great times yeah, yeah I also love how you've reinvented yourself I certainly grew up well kind of I spent a lot of my 20s you know Sunday was always my major hangover day <laughs> and it, there was nothing better than switching on the telly and watching you and Holly Oates yeah. like that was the highlight of my weekend can I but, interrupt you do you, do you remember what's his face from Holly Oates who's now the star of American Gods Oh yeah! Oh. Like he's like a big Hollywood star, and he was the copper <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Sorry, carry but, on. But what I love is that you've you've totally kind of you've evolved, and you still have such a strong career now. You know, mm. so it must be really hard for people who are kind of doing the teen culture. Like, how do you transition from that? Yeah. But you seem to have really done that. So how 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 have you evolved? Um, your career? Well, I think I've applied uh, your philosophy, darling, of, uh, you know, multitasking and, and I suppose not being known for doing just one thing. Mm. Um, and also, I think going away was probably a good thing because I left uh, T4 when I, I, mean, I did it for 12 years. So I left, I think, when I was like 30, maybe, um, and uh, and then moved to America. And I was in America for eight years. And I think when I came back, I was a woman, as yeah. it were. Um, it may have been harder had I still been here. Um, so I think being away and doing different things in the States definitely helped. And being in America, for me anyway, helped uh, uh, build my confidence more in that, you know, in the, that sort of American dream. It's that sort of can-do you know, go get her, and it's okay to be a woman and 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 strong there more so than here. Yeah. Um, so I think that was good. Leaving was good. Yes. What do you think? Um, so you talked about kind of it's easier in the states to be a woman and to be a strong woman. Do you think that also kind of comes with age? Because particularly in the media, like we are really we, the media is bad for just booting women yeah. out. Yeah. Do you think we're getting past that now? Is there a bit of a kind of surge of stronger older women or not? I think well, I think with what you guys are doing, it's so important celebrating strong women and yeah. celebrating women with careers and opinions. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, I don't think we're there yet because often, you know, I, I'm no Theresa May fan. Don't get me wrong, yeah. like at all. <laughs> um, but but if you look at the, or even if you look at what happened with Diane Abbott, I think if you look at the standard that women are held to, it's very different to the standard that men are held yeah. to. And I just think we still haven't yet reconciled how we, you know, deal with strong women, overtly smart, you know, capable women. So you yeah. have a show that so on the pledge, mm. and I've noticed you've had more sort of. There are more women around the table. Isn't it fabulous? It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had to, to fight to to make sure or, or to, to make that happen? Because I feel like that is a transition. It would have been no. the other way. I know. Even only a few years ago, yeah. you would have been the one woman there. Yeah. Now, actually, it's women speaking to women and, and maybe <laughs> maybe maybe Nick Ferrari or, or Nick. You know, maybe yeah, maybe maybe some other random guy. Is it is it Greg Dyke? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Greg, Greg. might yeah. yeah, pop in if he's allowed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, do you know what? I have to give it to Sky News. I think Sky News actually do not get enough credit um, for just how progressive they are yeah. in this area. You know, if you look at the women that they have on Sky News in general, they're like great, strong, smart women. Look mm -hmm. at Sarah Jane in yeah. the morning. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You guys had her here? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we did. She's a she's one of our girl gang and yeah. we've been on oh, Sky good. News. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we love Sarah. Um, and so I think... The brilliant thing about John Riley, who's the boss of Sky, he's really comfortable. He's got a strong wife. Mm -hmm. So he's very str comfortable around strong women. And so um, when they started programming the show, 
straight away there were more women than men on on the show's yeah. panelists um and it's just been that way and it works well i mean you know we're rating well so <laughs> the audience like it yeah, yeah we love it oh good so <laughs> i have to ask you one of the secrets one of these things that i've always wanted to know so the first time we met you may yes. not remember this was at the awards that you run yes yes and i remember walking up the stairs and seeing you and i was like oh my gosh so and you walked up and you're like harriet it's so lovely to meet you yeah. and i was like how does she know my name? Well, everyone knows your name. No. Don't give me credit that's for that. Like, that's give, me co- nice give, me, give, me, give me credit for someone no, who's no, like, no, you, no. Know, you know, the, a mum from Watford. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you did. You knew my name. You knew the name of the woman I was with. You knew, literally knew everybody in the room and you greeted them all personally. And I was like, this is a genius move. How do you do it, June Savong? Do you just have a photographic memory? Do you have people... Is it the devil wears Prada? Have you got people in oh your ear? Oh, my God. Like, no, I'm not is. as rich as her. So, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm trying to aspire to that. No, I just really like people. Yeah. I actually really do like people. You know, yeah. some people don't like people, but I actually do. A lot of people do my job and don't like people. But um, I actually do Which like people. Weird, yeah. So, yeah, no. And I find people interesting. You're always going to learn something from um, you know, from someone else. But uh, but don't give me credit for you. Give me credit for somebody who's completely unknown. So. <laughs> Thank you. That's, see, this is how good she is. So I'm like, yeah, that's true. I shouldn't have given her that. No. <laughs> Gee, what's been one of like your career highlights? You've done some incredible stuff over the years. So tell us, like, is there a mo- one moment in particular that you go, yeah, that yeah, was a really yeah, amazing day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than having you on my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetheart, of course, anytime. The NatWest Women in Business. <laughs> <She's good. laughs> um, boom, boom. Um, I think uh, definitely um, uh, hosting Nelson Mandela's 90th birthday party, wow. which was wow. amazing. And also it was a kind of last big... Um, public appearance of his where he was still healthy and strong Mm. Um, and so you know the the speech he gave was amazing and what was so um, special about that night also was um, I think it was one of Amy Winehouse's last gigs oh wow and um, I remember, you know, all day she was, she, she'd she been in rehab and we were not sure if she was going to turn up. You know, mm. we didn't know. But obviously because it was Mandela, she pulled out the stops and she was amazing and she cleaned up and it looked like there was going to be a turnaround. Mm. It, was, it was beautiful. Her performance was fantastic. Um, so it was just magical and everybody flew in, you know, from Oprah to Will Smith to you name it. Everyone flew, Bono, everyone flew in around the world to celebrate him. So it's quite special to have been part of that. So, yeah, that was oh, an incredible. incredible story. Mm. And what do you think could top that in your career going forward? Oh, it, what, what God. Well, um, well, I'm really excited about the conversations around the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think um, I'm so passionate about this issue and this area. So to be able to hopefully, you know, ignite some difficult but necessary conversations mm. um and remind mm. us what's the book called again and when is it out oh sorry diversify uh, and it's out on uh, hq HarperCollins uh, october 19th yay yes. we'll look forward to it so june is going to stay with us for our badass balls ups which are coming up next we're mm. going to be answering your problems and i actually think because we've got june with us this week we might be better than we <laughs> <usually> are. <laughs> <laughs> so that is coming up next and then of course we have our backdated badass a woman from history you really need to know about Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll- a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Got you talking? Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And this week we also have the fabulous June Sapong in the studio. And it's that time of the week for our Badass Balls Ups where we talk about your problems and try and help you solve them using our combined over a hundred years of wisdom and experience. It's actually over a hundred. If you listen to this, you'll know I say nearly a hundred. <laughs> We're well over. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but our first problem is actually a caller. So we have Rebecca on the line. Hi, Rebecca. Hi there. Hi. So tell us, what can we help you with? So I was made redundant last week, along with a few other people in my company. And um, the industry found out really quickly, and we've had some really positive conversations about permanent opportunities. Great. But I've decided I'd like to go out on my own. Um, So I'd just like some advice around how do I navigate those interesting conversations? And how do I um, keep my options open? And when I'm thinking this is getting a little bit scary, how do I resist temptation to go back to full-time employment? Oh, great question. question. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, do you want to tell us what do you think? Well, I think she's got an amazing opportunity here, right, Rebecca? You know, you've been made redundant. You've probably got a few months' pay. If you're gonna, if you're gonna test the water in terms of going out by yourself, then now seems like the perfect opportunity because that hurdle to to quit your job and start is. I know for me, it took me years to mm. get to that point. But equally, I'd be like, there's clearly a real demand for your skills, and I'd be having conversations with them about possibly doing some consultancy with them or a couple of days a week because you know. These could be really interesting. These could be the new clients for your for your new business or your freelance career. June, how do you develop or how did you um, how do you keep the faith when you're freelancing? You're constantly looking for the next piece of work. How do you keep the faith that it's going to come in? That's a, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, I think uh, networking. I think it's really good mm-hmm. to make sure that you keep yourself out there rather than sort of being at home sitting around waiting for the phone so go out and make those opportunities um and like emma said you know the people who've sort of shown interest to possibly hire you full-time actually could become clients so i would go out network and let it be known that you're setting up on your own and then you're sort of open for business yeah uh nat would you have that moment when you started where you were like oh do i go permanent do i take a permanent job because you've how did you how have you resisted yeah, taking so, the salary. So, so the, I think the key things here, Rebecca, are ask yourself the question, why do you want to go freelance? Because freelancing is really appealing in the summer. But actually in January and February, <laughs> when it's dark it's and really you're working alone <laughs> and um, you're potentially, you don't know where the next piece of work uh, is coming from it's not the greatest thing in the world so really dig deep and think what, what is this you, everyone's laughing but I'm, I'm getting true. Right. 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 Like, true. So, true so you know think why why do you want to do this is it a long-term career thing or is it that you just need six months or a, or a year out so ask yourself that question what what do, what role does this play within your career mm. and then I would start to have conversations so what are they offering you in terms of permanent work what are they what are the off what could the office be in terms of contract work if you just want something to different career-wise maybe you can negotiate working three days a week or four days a week Mm. and still be in employment what is it that you fundamentally want from life right now that's the better question and then make the the decision from there really good oh all the big questions what do you fundamentally want from life right now (laughs) existential crisis (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca I hope that's been helpful and given you some food for thought that's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now our second question, you've got it this week. What is it? So the second question um, comes from Jamie and she says that she's at work and there are lots of scenarios where her boss comes in and is just really stressed Mm. and the stressed energy of her boss filters down into the team and she doesn't know what to do about it so it's making her stressed everyone else in the office is stressed they all end up talking about how stressed the boss is and she doesn't like it but she doesn't necessarily know what to do 
I love June's face on this. June's like, oh, oh no. no. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. That's, that's a tough one. What, what, How what do you do, Emma? Emma, well, what do you do with the negative energy when you're surrounded by it? And it's your boss. Not just mm. negative energy. Yeah. It's coming from somebody who's in charge of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would, I would just like to say being a kind of, well, a boss is that when you're running your own business, sometimes... You have days where you feel really, really anxious <laughs> yeah. and you don't mean to be stressed, but you actually can't help it. And you know why you're stressed. You're stressed because you employ people yeah. and you care about them. Yes. And if the business is not going very well, you are stressing about their livelihood. So my bit would be, can you just have a bit of sympathy with what else might be going on in their lives? Yeah. And also it's about learning to not let other people's energy affect mm. you. Like that's the biggest life skill, right? Is mm. to go, okay, this person's anxious. I'm just going to deflect this and not let it because you can't control what other people are doing so mm. the sooner you learn that the better so I'd be as a boss who sometimes has some really tough days can mm. they can they perhaps just there's research that shows that women perceive negative energy coming from a boss to be about them so if oh. your boss comes in and they show that they're stressed you perceive that that stress is to do with you, you versus thinking actually that might be because they've just had an altercation before they came into the office yeah. or they're thinking about payroll this month and I think that's the thing that we need to disconnect. It, we make it that actually I'm doing something wrong and, and, and maybe it's got nothing to do with you and this is where the resilience bit comes in. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you do just work for a stress head, right? You do just yeah. work for somebody who loves being stressed, who really enjoys it, who doesn't think it's a bad thing and who likes taking it out on other people. Yeah, yeah that, that's also true. Yeah. What do we do when you've got one of them? Well, you probably need a new job, right? Because that's yeah. just not the right culture fit for you. So yeah. if you don't thrive on that and it's starting to... You know, Affects just you. opt out, you know? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, final question this week. Emma, what is it? So this is a good one. I'm asking for a friend, aren't I, Harriet? Um, so a friend of mine said to me, I'm really you have thinking... no loyalty. <laughs> a friend really whose name begins with H. Helen. My friend Helen said... I'm down. I'm done with boys. I'm thinking about going on a sex sabbatical. Wow. Is it a good idea? I can tell you that I've been on it for three days so far. Nobody's noticed. <laughs> three days? Is that it? <laughs> do, do you like? Do you ever get to the point where you're just like, guys, pull yourselves together? Otherwise, I've got to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take a break. I'm, I'm having a break from you. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Uh, well, I would like to be able to do that. Um, I'm just, you know, unfortunately, I fancy men. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to not, you know. Um, sex sabbatical, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it depends how long it's for. I mean, if it's for a lifetime, probably not a good idea. Um, but, you know, six months, even a year. I ha You know, I have a friend who did it. Uh, for a year and a half and sort of went on a, a yoga retreat kind mm -hmm. of finding herself thingy um, which <laughs> she found uh, very uh, therapeutic um, and also I think you know sex is quite a powerful emotion and you don't necessarily want to do it with any and anyone mm -hmm. so if there's not anyone you know who's sort of quality at the moment then maybe have a sabbatical what's the point of having bad sex so mm, yeah, exactly. yeah quality yeah. not quantity and there's ways to still have sex on your own exactly. so yeah tell her to do that you know <laughs> I will <laughs> yeah. when I next see her I'll let her know Emma what happened to your 90 days rule because you had that you had that thing oh, right yeah, you were not going to 90 have... days now. do you know what I still stand by this I think the so thing is what I, is this can you explain it to I, me I basically decided that the next person that I start dating mm. uh, I'm not going to have any nakedness or any sex with them for 90 days so it's really going to be let's just hang out I do that anyway well it see works. I don't okay. <laughs> yeah. or I haven't or I just feel like I, I don't know I've just dated people in the past and I find that when I get up to the three month stage that's when I really start to get to know them and see the real but them but then by then exactly. you've probably been intimate and I'm just I've just gone oh this isn't really yes. what I want so I'm that is still my new rule but anybody I speak to just thinks I'm mad and I'm like well have you tried it out? Uh, See this? Did you, when she started, she said, "I still stand by this." Yeah, is in that I still stand by this. Look, I'm waiting to meet somebody that I can date. I've, you know, I've had some luxury friend options, yeah. and you know, they are not going to qualify for the 90 day rule. I get you. Yeah, I get but it. When I meet someone who does, I'll yeah. let you all know. Get off my back. <laughs> 
<laughs> and what about you two? You, you haven't answered. No, so I so I did a sex. We spoke about this last week. I had a two year sex sabbatical. Two years. A two year sex sabbatical, and it was partly because I had a string of dating just really just poor quality yeah. guys, and I thought I need a fundamental break from Clean men and yeah. all of yeah. their Nonsense. rubbish. Yeah. yeah, and at that time, I and we spoke about this. Um, I read something that says the. Uh, the, when you have sex with people, their energy stays it within does. your system. Yes, and in tantra, they believe it stays for seven years. Well, Emma clarified, oh and also their their DNA stays within your body. Oh, so yeah. we, exactly. So it was just like exactly. I need to cleanse. It's a disaster. So uh, Helen, or said person whose name begins with H, I would say take that sabbatical, but knowing that you need to find ways to still be sexual and that's what I didn't yeah. do and I became very insular and oh. almost didn't know how to flirt or be loving Yes, because oh, I had yes. to close myself off, off to not want to attract or talk to men. And not to, to give the wrong impression if you were off it. But yeah, it? I just had yes. to switch my all forms of sexual or energy just down. energy and love down because... And you're a very sexual person, yeah, I So that that was the, my biggest learning because when I came out of it, I found it really hard to interact with men because I was so switched off and yes. closed for a long time. See, I think that's such an interesting point because sex is an energy, right? Mm-hmm. Sex is actually an energy and how we kind of feed and look after that energy and keep it going and use it for stuff, right? Yeah. Not just sex, how you use it. For your and work, everything. For yeah. your work, everything. And I have um, a great friend of mine uh, who does this thing where she says, you know, if you, if, you meet, if you meet someone and you're getting along but you're not sure, she, you just take a minute, you close your eyes and you just ask your own vagina, do I want to have sex with this person? <laughs> and, and you know the answer. I know the answer. <laughs> and, and also, can we tell, what what's this person's said name, H? Can we tell? Um, can we tell Helen the good thing for Helen is she doesn't have to worry about you know bikini wax and Brazilian for a while it's quite cool actually the upkeep is going to go way (laughs) downhill I can tell you that (laughs) find a man who deserves the upkeep (laughs) (laughs) so this has been our badass balls up I mean are you following any of this advice? How's it working out for you? Do tweet us and tell us at Badass Women's Hour HR at Badass Women's Hour. Um, we have had the fabulous June Subong in the studio, and it's been a joy. Thank you, June. Um, and coming up next, we have our backdated badass, a woman from history that you absolutely need to know about. And this one's DNA has done some really helpful stuff across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Mincer, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And it's that time of the week where we talk about a woman from history you absolutely need to know about. Yes, it's our backdated badass. And this one has probably had a direct impact on your life. You might not know it and you might not have heard of her, but she has probably helped your health in some way. Um, talking about her this week is Rochelle Robertson, the host of the Vulnerable podcast. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, so tell us, who have you chosen as a backdated badass? Okay, so today I've chosen Henrietta Lacks as a backdated badass just because, like you said, she's completely transformed um, medicine as we know it. So tell us a little bit about her. Okay, so um, she was born in 1920 and died in 1951 from cervical cancer. And what happened was when um, she was dying, they basically take, took the tumour out of her and noticed that the cells, instead of dying completely, they, they were multiplying before the, um, the doctor's eyes. And so they wanted to kind of see, like, what was it about her cells that um, enabled them to con- continuously multiply and never, ever die out, which is what normally happens. So I think the average, like, human cell has, like, a lifespan of, like, three days. Okay. Um, and hers just kept them multiplying and kept them multiplying. And so with that, they were able to kind of like start working out vaccines for polio and testing them on her new cells that were being um, multiplied and eventually were able to like look at measles and HIV and even, you know, um, identify that if you have that, if you, cervical cancer is started by um, HPV and then kind of create the vaccine for HPV as a result of that. So it's quite strange that she died from um 
cervical cancer and now as a result of that so many women are able to be cured from the HPV before they set into cervical cancer so there were so many reasons as to why um, she's a complete badass and one of the biggest things is like like you said nobody actually knows who she is her name was removed from um, all of the studies so the cell that many medicals will be um, used to hearing is called HeLa cells they're called HeLa so H-E-L-A cells mm-hmm. and that's just the term that's used in medicine like a lot of people do not connect that to the person because in 1915 and in, in, um, when she died they didn't have to get permission to take um, parts of your body basically to test on them so they took the parts of her body and you know abbreviated her name and have been using it for years and years and years and it's only recently when we've started to actually like um, find out about more about who she is. So I think one of the reasons that they also um, took her cells and, and, and did this work is because she was a black woman in yeah. uh, in the US uh, at uh-huh. a time when obviously black people didn't have uh, any civil rights at all. And I think the thing yeah. that um, equally flags her in my mind as a woman who, even though she didn't know it, it, it is badass, is that she her her cells have gone on to help create cures for so many uh things but mm-hmm. actually her life her, her 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 existence up until that point she she didn't do anything that you know would have been noteworthy and it's only yeah. now in 2017 there's a there's a documentary and and oprah oprah's talking about her and it's almost sort of slightly um bittersweet maybe yeah. I think it's definitely bittersweet. I think, um, yeah, it's completely bittersweet. Like I said, the the whole family haven't been compensated for the use of their cells, even though, like, scientists and doctors have made millions Mm. of the vaccines that they've created. Um, Her family, nobody's ever been compensated, and their family weren't even really informed of the fact that they were using her cells until the um, 1970s. And what actually started to happen was that um, the doctors that were using her cells in the hospital, they would go back to her house and test her children for cancer. They were saying they were testing them for cancer, but they were taking their cells to see whether they were going to duplicate in the same way. So, yeah, um, there's definitely a part of that, that that was based on the fact that they were black. And it, it, there's the part of the film when they, when, I'll get on to her in a minute, actually, that Rebecca Scoot is the woman who wrote the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And when she spoke to the doctors, the doctors said, you know, we don't, we don't think there's any point in telling them that they can't understand what we're doing anyway. Mm. And I think that's just an, um, an example of the attitudes that were kind of given towards African-Americans at that time. Yeah. And so they've made a film of her life now. Do you think this is a sign that we're going to start recognising actually some people who have made huge contributions to medical science and who've been written out? Do you think it's changing? I think, yeah. I think it's definitely changing. I think, um, I think once again, with the youth, we always talk about how um, the internet is both bad and good. And I think the good parts of the internet is that stories like this are... Um, they're hard to ignore. I've never heard of Henrietta Lacks before. I had Twitter and Instagram and things like that where people talk about her a lot, especially in America. And um, as a result of that, like we, I think it's just harder to ignore um, the impact that someone like her has had on medicine um, as a result of the internet and the fact that we can take it into our own hands now to kind of research this a little bit more mm. and get things like books. And Oprah can find out about it and make a movie mm-hmm. about it and do what she normally does, showcase it to the world. And the thing that I think is really beautiful about this and like a beautiful piece of kind of circular life is that she died of ovarian cancer and now her cells are being used to help prevent ovarian cancer, Mm. which is so important. Yeah, Um, definitely. Rochelle, thank you so much. Really interesting. Thank you so much for bringing Henrietta Lacks to our attention as our backdated badass for this week. Um, If you know any other brilliant women that you think should be featured as backdated badass, do always tweet us and let us know at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour. Um, we'll be ha- we'll have another one next week but you can also kind of check out some of our past ones if you have a look on our Instagram we post them there each week um, that's at Bad as well so do check out those and let us know who you think should be featured so we're coming into the part of our show now towards the end where we try and give you a principle to live your life by the next seven days to help you be a bit more badass our badass principle Nat what is it this week? so the badass principle this week is stay sexy Ooh. and it's uh, a homage to to uh, Lady H <laughs> in the just because you're not having sex 
it does you, you can still embody and be sexy to yourself um and you can you know lots of things can be sexy not just the, not just the physical form so it's putting that out there but equally i have to shout out love island <laughs> and this is to gabby who felt that she was unattractive because she wasn't picked by the boys you're sexy no matter what it's not because a, a man or a or a woman validates you that, that you are sexy and attractive it comes from within I think so. Emma, do you think so? Does that where it comes from? I am actually blown away by the wise words that have come from Natalie this week. Not that you're not normally wise, but this week it's been like a bumper show of like words of wisdom. I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, all of that. So basically whatever Nat just said, I am with it. No, I think it's really important. And I and I hadn't really thought about the whole sex sabbatical thing and actually shutting down your mm. that your sexiness. And I think you're really right. It's really important. It's like we've got to keep our flirt on. And yeah. like women are really, sexy feminine beings and yeah don't let a boy choose you what do you do when you kind of want to feel a bit sexy and a bit proud of yourself but there's no one around to validate that externally what are some stuff that you use I try and think about the energy that I'm putting out in the world so actually today I was like I'm just going to be a bit more like happy make sure that I haven't got my resting bitchy face on (laughs) put on some good tunes put on some like nice shoes nice dress yeah dresses always make me feel a bit more like flirty so yeah, energy, flirty, sexy energy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I love this idea of a kind of flirty, sexy energy. I'm going to take it out. I'm just going to flirt with everyone. I flirt love with a good me. flirt. Flirt with me. Always flirt with you, beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, can I just uh, say, I would like to flirt with Theo Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even need to change my surname. Who's if we Theo got Campbell? Love Island. Emma, if you'd been watching it and it wasn't I just c- me and Nat on our WhatsApp I track, keep group watch- chatting <laughs> about it. I keep and- watching it, but I don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> I don't understand. So tell us, if you want to tell us how you stay sexy, then do you can tweet us at Badass Women's Hour HR at Badass Women's Hour hang on there's only certain people I want to tweet me <laughs> telling me how they stay sexy can we just put a caveat on yeah, that yeah that's true Thanks, I mean oh god I just don't know what I've opened up here um, or you know what if you want to get in touch with any of us individually you can find me at Harriet Minter Nat at Nat D. Campbell or Emma at Emma Sexton and of course we'll be back here next week with more views news and opinions on the Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.